You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. What does your imperfect allyship, how does it play out? What does that mean for you? An ally for who? An ally for what? An ally why? You have to begin to be a collaborator in this process and to define what this is for you in action. That is how you can then figure out what's the best thing I can do right now. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are reminded to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. Hello, Miss Jackson. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am doing well. I have a heater at my feet and my hoodie on. (laughs) You sound like me. I have a whole sweater on. I have fuzzy slippers on and a heater at my feet. And I'm like, it is March 30th and we have already had multiple 70 degree days. And here we are freezing again. What the hell? My plants are so confused. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) Same. I'm confused. So I can't. I'm like plants. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm confused. For those of you um, that (laughs) may not know where we are, I'm about 10 minutes outside of D.C. Erica's close to Baltimore. I don't ever remember the weather being like this in the past. Like It seems like the last five years has just been like winter drags on and then boom, it's super hot summer. There's like no in between anymore. (laughs) Because climate change is real. Yeah, oh. oh, it's really made me think more about my allyship to Mother Earth. Speaking of allyship, I want to take some time to dig into something that I talk about often on my own. I talk about it often when we're together and I got other people out here using my phrases, trademark phrases, that is. <laughs> and that's imperfect allyship. Hold on, and- well, can, we, can we pause for a second? Yes. I don't know if anybody listening officially or reading officially knows imperfect allyship is trademarked as well as imperfect ally. It is. So it is officially on lockdown. Yes. So if you see anybody using our phrase, let us know. Just, Just saying. saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is is that it's it's a term that 
I'm 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 really glad that it has kind of become more and more of a movement of its own because it really is more than just a phrase. It's more than just words. And it's it's an entire, you know, thought process and action framework and way of being that is is so much more nuanced and layered and yet simple at the same time. And so I wanted to take some time to really um, explain it and to kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit. You, you down to go with me? Absolutely. All right. So I actually want to start by really asking you what imperfect allyship is to you and to just kind of share, you know, what your definition or thought process is around it. Oh, <laughs> You're asking me first. Mm, I feel I, like I'm a yes. on the spot. <laughs> well, and I feel like I can do it. But of course, with the diversity, equity, and inclusion, like it's it's inherent. And I think it's important to remember that it's not always about how the quote unquote experts or people in a field are defining something. It's really important to acknowledge it for someone that is in action with it. Like really just like, yo, I'm a regular person and this is what I'm doing and this is what I think about it. I think it's important to just make it real and just that simple. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about it, so I'll try to be concise. But the first thing that comes to mind is like holding space for this idea of being supportive, whatever that support needs to be and that not being determined by you, that being determined by who or what you're trying to be in support of because your ideas about (laughs) what they need might be different than their reality. Um, And that not being limited to race, to gender. I mean, it's so much more than that. I started with saying my allyship to to the planet, you know, and that's not even a human technically. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also holding space for, Creating like a better future each and every day and how every action that we take can support that. And in order to take those actions, we have to let go of the idea of being perfect because that perfect is going to stop us from doing or saying anything. That because that's why the imperfection needs to be there. And as we continue talking, I do want to talk more about how the perfectionism is not welcome with allyship and why it's actually not even a part of being an ally. But I think, you know, one of the things that, again, I don't want to be lost is, you know, when I think about imperfect allyship, um, this is, this is something I'm in. This is something that is, is a large part of, you know, how I coach and how I consult. And yet imperfect allyship is not simply about what's a, a rote definition. Here's one way that this looks. And I think that there's so much nuance and there's so many different ways that it shows up because what imperfect allyship is to one person is not what it is to another. And there's no formula for it. So it's so important to understand that even though imperfect allyship, you know, does boil down to you having access to something that someone else doesn't and you choosing to utilize that access for good, for positivity, for impact, for evolution, you know, that's a, a very, you know, bare bones, stripped down, simplified way of, of describing it. But 
how it plays out, what the actions are, what the examples are of it, um, how how you're embodying it, that really depends on the individual. It depends on the situation. It depends on timing. It depends on so many things. And I don't want anyone to get stuck on the semantics of it. I really want you to just really get to the spirit of it. Yeah, I mean, I think of imperfect allyship as a movement. Mm-hmm. And when I think about some of the biggest movements in history, there was no prescription for civil rights, right? No. Everyone had a different way to contribute to the civil rights movement, but they were all trying to move in the same direction of equality. So it's just, I, I think for some, thinking of something like imperfect allyship as a movement will allow them more space to expand their thought process of what it is and how there is no prescription, there is no formula for it. No. And I think the only thing that is a constant with it is the reminder that allyship is inherently imperfect. Because if you're in action, you are learning uh, as, as you were doing as you were being for that matter. And you cannot be present for that if you are allowing your priorities to be based in perfection. It just, to me, it just doesn't work. And that was why for me, the imperfect piece needed to be there because so often people are just worried about, I don't want to mess it up. And I'm like, well, if you hadn't messed, if you ain't messed it up, you haven't done it right. <laughs> You're not going to be perfect. And it's not about you. Like, it's not. And everything that you're saying, I'm so grateful to have learned so much from you over the years. It makes me think about, you know, how you've shared with me that perfection is a part of white supremacy culture. Perfection is there to keep us from doing anything, to remind us that what we're thinking of doing or considering might not be good enough. So just don't do it, right? Just don't create the change. Don't, you know, ask that person if they're okay, because you might ask it wrong. And what are we leaving off the table when we do that? Right. There's so many opportunities. There's so many benefits and, and outcomes that could be achieved if we allowed ourselves to navigate that space of unknowing, that space of Um, exploration and curiosity of what can be possible when we just kind of stay open. Because to me, if if the perfection is showing up, you're kind of closing down. And I think when that happens, that's also closing you down to understanding the outcomes that your allyship is really here for. And your imperfect allyship is here to be able to support people with what it is that they actually need and not with just what you think they want or what you think they need. And that requires a certain amount of, of imperfection because you literally need to be in conversation with people. You need to be able to figure out what is it that you want or need. I'm not here to assume. I want you to have what's actually going to benefit you. So if perfection shows up, you can't be in conversation, which means you can't connect. That is so big. Um, And I think back on, just different situations in my lifetime of witnessing, you know, people and entities and things like that want to do something so, so much to give back, to support, 
but the perfection, you know, being that tool to keep them in their own head of figuring this out on their own. And when we can invite imperfection, when we can invite the vulnerability that imperfection requires of being able to say, I don't have this figured out. I don't know everything, but I want to support. I want to help. I want to insert thing here with the people you're trying to support. Then that allows you to collaborate together, to brainstorm together of how can you take the tools that you have and create some change with it. But we get there from deciding to be imperfect and open and say, I don't have it all figured out. Help me. (laughs) So you saying that prompted me to think about what may or may not be. (laughs) I I, I might be giving an unpopular opinion here. Um, This may or may not be something that everybody understands or agrees with. And I have no problem with people disagreeing with me. It is what it is. And um, allyship is often addressed in context of uh, someone being a white ally to a black person. And that means that we are, you know, based on the things that you just said, you know, this is a white person talking to a black person. What do you need? What do you want? And I actually want to go beyond that and address that you can be an imperfect ally for anybody. There are people that do not look, live, or love the way that you do, that you can be an imperfect ally to. You can also be an imperfect ally to somebody that does look, live, and love the way that you do because of the fact that the levels of access and or the platforms and or resources that you have may be different than theirs. And so I can be an ally to a Black woman that maybe doesn't know someone that I do. And I want to amplify how amazing she is to somebody that I know is going to support her business, to an audience that needs to know about what she provides, to opportunities for her to be able to stand in her zone of excellence, to exist in her zone of excellence, to somebody that simply doesn't have something. And this is not about just, oh, you know, your poor type of not having just something you don't have. I don't have a hot tea in front of me, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, show up (laughs) like a I'm poor kind of way. It's just something that you don't have in that moment. Imperfect allyship is about supporting across lines, period. And it's important to remember that, yes, it is important to support those that you know need things, but it's also important to, to really question, like, who am I deciding is in need? And should I maybe widen that net in my awareness of that a little bit? Absolutely. And I'm going to say it may be an unpopular opinion of mine, but even when I am looking at people who do look like me, do live like me, do love like me, and maybe even are also entrepreneurs, right? Let's get even more specific. It's still not helpful for me to assume what I can do to support them. It still requires for me to get to know them better and remember that they're an individual human. And if they have a business or a brand, it's an individual brand and there's nuances there. Um, Because even when you have all of the boxes checked of the things that we are the same in, we're still different. Correct. 
I agree 100% because again, if I look, you know, to my left or to my right as somebody that maybe does identify similarly, that doesn't mean that we are similar humans, that our situations are identical or that our, you know, wants and needs have been filled in a way that we particularly want them to be done. And I think that that's where the conversation and connection piece comes up. This is where you cannot assume what someone wants or needs. And it is so important to make sure that your allyship is really steeped in allowing people to let you know what it is that you can do to support them. Let them write that prescription. Let them make that, you know, request based on you acknowledging that you are open to filling that request. Mm. So being that I am in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and you have been lumped there by default because, <laughs> because you're working with me. Um, because y'all, I just, I just had to say, y'all, India is not a, a, a DEI consultant. She does her work through the lens of DEI. And I think everybody can do better of acknowledging that DEI is not one thing you do, but it's how you do all things. And bless your heart, she don't do DEI. Stop, stop asking her stuff. I just, I had to stick that in there real quick. Um. <laughs> we, we're going to go there. And then also we are two different individual human beings. Yes. We need like and want different things, even though we're both black women who own a business together. Right. And so, okay, let's, let's run with that for a minute. Let's run with that for a minute. So with us being two different individuals, okay, I think we have two different perspectives on, you know, what can be possible and how maybe we would approach things as DEI being a cornerstone um, of the work that we do, but also understanding that imperfect allyship has to show up. And so you're not necessarily in the DEI space. However, you do all of your work, all of the aspects of what you do as a consultant it comes through that lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So to you, how is imperfect allyship showing up as a part of what you're suggesting for your clients, what it is that you do, and how you are able to be an imperfect ally as well? Like, how does that show up? You know, I, I wish I had like a formal answer for you. <laughs> We are we are debunking the formal answers. Here right. I, I truly do not have important. one. <laughs> but if I'm going to be honest, uh, and to, for those of you that have worked with me through pause in the play or you're fired to some capacity, <laughs> brace yourself for the truth. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I truly just look at what is what is the right thing to do here? What is the most supportive thing to do? And I try to infuse that based on someone's values, right? Not what I think the right thing to do is, but what they've said, their brand and company values believe the right thing to do is into everything that they do from their visibility, from their branding, from their marketing, and I want to note that it goes beyond what's on a sales page, what's on social media, 
But it's also who are you building relationships with? Who are you inviting in? Um, Who do you have sharing an Instagram live with you or inviting to speak at your event or on your podcast, right? And whenever possible, looking at what is the right thing to do based on your values? And let's just keep it 100. If you don't believe that people who live, look, or love like you matter, then we ain't working together anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) for all of those that do believe that that matters, um, that diversity matters, then one of the most important pieces is saying, okay, how can you infuse your allyship into also sharing your platform? How can you include other people into the access, into the network you have, into the spaces you have access to as a part of that inclusion and that diversity. And if we're going to go a little step further, trying to get a vision of how that might create equity long-term. Yeah. And the very first thing you said, like, what's the right thing to do in this situation? That seems like a simple question. It does not have a simple answer. But I think that the spirit of that really is the heart of this because you're really having to, to legitimately ask like, all right, like let's be real here. What's the right thing right here? What is it right now in this situation, in this moment for these individuals, for this group, for this cause, whatever that might be. And I think that the reason that that is such a, a powerful prompt is because very often when someone is seeking to be an imperfect ally, they're seeking a simple, succinct, paint-by-numbers type of way of jumping into the deep end. And that doesn't exist because it's not that simple. It's not that easily packagified. It's not that easily <laughs> operationalized. Like it really it is it is unique to you know that particular uh set of 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 concerns and concepts and relating factors and if you remind yourself of that and you stay open then you can evaluate what's possible and what is it in that moment and you can allow it to ultimately become more fluid because you're staying open for the possibilities to show up as opposed to uh, really just trying to seek the low-hanging fruit to make it easy. And you're also understanding that, I mean, something like allyship, okay? I I've, I did a, a interview for um, an outlet coming up soon. And, you know, some of the questions were things like, how can people foster diversity or, you know, How do they keep diversity once they have it? And often these types of questions, which there's nothing wrong with with them, and I understand why they come up, but it's understanding that you have to also define clearly for yourself, what is this for you? You as an individual, the person that's listening to me right now, you, yes, you, what does your imperfect allyship, how does it play out? What does that mean for you? An ally for who? An ally for what? An ally why? 
because you're looking for a definition given by somebody else just so you can check a block. You have to begin to be a collaborator in this process and to define what this is for you in action. That is how you can then figure out, you know, what's what's the best thing I can do right now. But you have to define it for you, not by co-opting someone else's. Absolutely. I mean, you preaching. Keep <laughs> Because if the whole point or or part of diversity is recognizing that we're all individuals, even if we have some overarching shared identity, right, then you have to recognize that for yourself, that a consultant, a brand coming in to truly support you in a sustainable and perfect allyship, sustainable DEI efforts that you're going to stick with for your lifetime, not just the lifetime of your brand or your business, not just for a couple months, not just for that initiative, for a lifetime. It has to be a collaborative process that is customized to you getting to the root of what allyship means for you, what matters to you. Who do you want to be an ally for? Or you're not going to stick with it. Your heart won't be in it. No. And if your imperfect allyship is really to support others and it is actually something that they want to receive, then you are going to figure out how to, you know, more and more put the focus on them and not just center it on you as the ally or how this makes you feel. It it, it can it will continue to shift there. And the reason I felt like that was important to mention to you is because when we talk about imperfect allyship or someone being an imperfect ally, they talk about themselves. We can start to hear a conversation that gets really uh, uh, overrun with the eyes. I, 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 I. And that's a part of the imperfection piece coming up because you will begin to notice where your own identity is very wrapped up in it. And the more that you're in action with your own personal imperfect allyship to others, you'll begin to figure out how to disentangle your identity with your actions. Mm. So I want to wrap this up by talking about what the intersection is of wanting to be an imperfect ally and being on the receiving end of imperfect allyship. And I feel like people might be missing the point that you can be both. And again, that might be a unpopular opinion, but hey, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, both of us are living examples of imperfectly being both. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever they're, Whatever the unpopular piece of that opinion is, like we're doing it imperfectly. Right. Um, well, but I think that sometimes people think that you can't be in need and be of support at the same time. Yeah, but it's such a limiting perspective. Now, I will say as somebody who is both, it does require me to constantly check in and make sure that I am still filling my cup enough to be able to have it overflow to continue to give because I can default into wanting to be the ally to all the people and all the causes 
mm-hmm. and not keep filling my own cup, remembering that I need allyship too. And there's practices for that. And we've had other conversations about that here on the podcast and in the community. And also, I think that there's a missed opportunity to have a belief that because I need allyship, because I am a part of an underrepresented group, because I am going to have to work harder to build trust amongst my business owner peers because of my race or because of some of the experiences that I've had in my life, that there's nothing I have to offer to anybody else. Like, that's not true. (laughs) Even, you know, someone who is going through a lot and does has a lot less access than me. There's still always something that we have to offer others, even if it's just our kindness. Well, I feel like that's a good place to stop because I I, I got nothing else after that. Because you're right. And I hope that the understanding of what it is to be an ally for and to allow others to be an ally for you, I hope that this is something that maybe those listening can can consider um, as, you know, it, does this apply to you or, you know, considering how this may apply to others and being able to kind of give some grace around it. I think that really leaving that there feels like an ideal place to leave people in contemplation about what's what's really possible with the entire concept of imperfect allyship and how I think this is such an important conversation and I want us to keep the dialogue going around it. I wouldn't be me if I didn't say that a big part of how I've evolved my allyship to others, even though I'm someone who receives allyship from others, has been being in conversation with people who are not like me in the community. The things that they put on my radar about accessibility, the things that they put on my radar about disability, the things that they put on my radar about pronouns, about gender identity, about their sexuality and their different experiences in those realms are things that I always have room to learn more about because that's not necessarily the same lived experiences that I have. And the more that I'm able to befriend and show kindness to people who have different lived experiences than me, I think just in general, the better the world is. So that's just a straight shout out to our community and also what you've been building with me and how much room there is to continue to learn and grow. I'm extremely grateful and humbled by the types of connections that we are able to watch um, to just really witness them unfold in Pause on the Play of the Community and knowing that we can be a part of, of learning what we are not aware of and amplifying our own allyship and also understanding that it is also safe to allow others to witness us and to want to offer support if that is also their way of being able to move more into action in their own allyship. And I think knowing that it is a space to Um, feel safe enough to be transparent, to be brave, to be bold, to be contemplative, to be curious, to, to be soft, to share, to just connect with and to find shared and unshared experiences at the intersection of, of learning and evolution. It's, it, it really is a beautiful thing. And, If everything that we've said is something that 
you too would want to be a part of and to know that, yes, being a part of this is really the purpose. Come on over and visit pauseonaplay.com forward slash community and you can join today for less than $100 per month. As we are wrapping up, I want to make sure that we acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehanna, Piscataway, Nantigo, people that are native to this area known as Maryland. Digging deeper into imperfect allyship and being an imperfect ally is something that I'm always here for. And I love the fact that you too are here for it as well. Love the fact that these real conversations that we're having to normalize the challenging things so that we can make them a part of all of our everyday exchanges is something that you are witnessing. And for that, I thank you. Together, this is how we'll continue to remove stigma and create real change and connection, cross lines, and recreate boundaries in order to support, not separate. Together, we'll continue getting more people dropping the veil in order to challenge their thoughts, feelings, and action. So until the next time, get the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?